0: Hello, Believers. This is the Liberty from Captivity podcast. I am your host, Kelly Ward. Today is Saturday, August 14th, 2021, and this is episode number six. And the title of this podcast is Deliverance Basic Series Part 5A, Curses. And this is going to be a two-part series on curses because there is a lot of material to cover So I want to make sure to divide it up into two smaller pieces, just to make sure that I don't overwhelm you because that the episode would be really long. This podcast is a continuation of the Foundations of Deliverance series. And I want to give just a quick recap from episode number five. I always think it's a good idea to do just a quick summary of the previous episode. So in that episode, we talked about. Soul ties and how they are a spiritual connection between the souls of two people. There are several verses that you can look at to, to get an understanding of that. First Samuel 18:1, Genesis 224 through25, and 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16. This connection or soul tie is a basically is a spiritual superhighway whereby demons can travel back and forth between two people. There are several ways that soul ties are formed. They can be sexual and it can be married or unmarried, family, friends, acquaintances, co workers, husband and wife, and your acquaintances at church, particularly your pastor or those that you are serving under. The enemy will take advantage of any of these open doors and can send demons into your life. That's why it's so important to understand this concept. From the scriptures just mentioned, there can be godly soul ties and ungodly soul ties. For example, an ungodly soul tie between two people who have sinned in some way, like for example sexual, that can be outside of marriage, abuse, doing drugs together, etc. Godly soul ties can exist between a husband and a wife. And it is worth noting that there can be both a godly and an ungodly soul tie within the same marriage. If there has ever been strife, fighting, abuse, etc., within that marriage, then an ungodly soul tie can be formed. And when you break that ungodly soul tie, you get to keep the godly soul tie. So I just want to make that clear. Breaking a soul tie is very easy with the following steps. Again, it always comes down to repentance. That's the first step. The second one is forgiveness. Third, declare that the soul tie is broken. And fourth, Command the demons to leave. And again, as I mentioned, this episode is about curses. But what is a curse? What types are there? Do they happen in this dispensation? And how do you break them? The Bible has a lot to say about curses. When I search for the word curse to include variations of that word, such as curses, cursed, accursed, etc., I found 182 verses in the Bible. So it's clear that God has a lot to say about this subject. In the occult, witches purposefully speak curses over other people. If you have any open doors in your life, especially if you are a Christian, it is possible for those curses to stick to you. That's all the more reason to close as many doors in your life as possible. So I want to start off with the question of, How do you know if there are curses in operation in your life? I received permission from my friend Glenda Lomax to quote her book titled Loosed from the Chains of Darkness, Destroying Curses Through the Power of the Cross. If you haven't read her book, I highly recommend buying it. It's on Amazon in both print and Kindle format. It has a lot of practical information on how to break curses and some wonderful testimonies. Her website and prophetic blog are located at wingsofprophecy.blogspot.com. And I highly recommend her work because I know her walk with God is absolutely solid. So I want to quote directly from her book. Quote, So how do you know if there is a curse on you? Do you have behaviors or addictions you have struggled against, gotten deliverance for, and tried to abstain from with no success? Do you have out of control anger or a desire to commit violence for no reason? Are you abusive to those you love and don't know why? Have you ever tried to conceive over and over with no success? Have you lived in poverty for years and no matter how hard you tried to overcome it, you never have enough. Have you worked hard all your life yet? You have nothing to show for it. Is there generation after generation of addiction and incarceration in your family? These are all signs of a curse, and there are more. The truth is, if you even think you may be under a curse, it pays to break it just in case. The Lord revealed to me, Glenda Lomax speaking, even after I had been in a close walk with him for over 16 years, several curses I was under. Relief came immediately when I broke them. You can be free too. End quote. Glenda makes some very excellent points in her book. I couldn't have stated it any better absolutely well stated so let's define what a curse is I really like the principle of first mention which sets the basic definition for something in the Bible in this case we can look to Genesis 3 verses 14 through 19 for the first curse Before I read this passage, this is the story of how the serpent deceived Eve, and she ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as did Adam. God was walking in the garden and had a conversation with Adam and Eve. Adam blamed Eve, and she blamed the serpent. And so this is Genesis 3, verse 14 through 19. And again, I'm using the MEV, the modern English version, which reads very similar to a New King James Version. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all livestock and above every beast of the field. You will go on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth and in pain you will bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, which I have commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground on account of you and hard labor. You will eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles. It will bring forth to you and you will eat of the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You will eat bread until you return to the ground because out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you will return. As you can see God judged the serpent Adam and Eve for what they did this goes to show that there are consequences for their sins here is another example about Cain and Abel this story of Cain and Abel tells of another curse and this can be found in Genesis 4 verses 1 through 16 however I will focus primarily on verses 6 through 16 The first five verses talk about how Abel was a keeper of the livestock, while Cain was a tiller of the ground, in other words, a gardener. Abel brought the right kind of offering, but Cain did not. Starting in verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to dominate you, but you must overrule it and that could not be even more true than it is today anyway I continue in verse 8 Cain told Abel his brother and it came about that when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him the Lord said to Cain where is Abel your brother he said I do not know am I my brother's keeper and then he said what have you done the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground Now you are cursed from the ground which opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. From now on, you will till the ground, it will not yield for you its best. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer in the earth. Then Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. You have driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from your face will I be hidden and I will be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one finding him would kill him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Again, we see here, that a curse was a judgment against sin. In this case, it was murder. It's also interesting to note that Cain said that he would be a fugitive and a vagabond. There are people who just can't seem to stay in one place and they wander around many years ago. I remember seeing a show about a guy who was married. He had a normal life and a good job. He had a compulsion to be like a vagabond and he would get on a train, and just wander from one city to another when he wasn't working. So, if you have a vagabond spirit, I highly suggest investigating the possibility of murder in your family tree. In Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28, there are a lot of verses about blessings and curses. Of course, I will not read them all here because there are so many of them, but I will summarize some of them. The first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28 are about blessings for obedience. For example, God will set Israel on high above the nations, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, children will be blessed, basket and kneading bowl will be blessed, enemies de- defeated before you, prosperity, etc. The next 53 verses of Deuteronomy 28 are about curses for disobedience under the law of the old old covenant a curse was the judgment for the disobedience to the law so in other words it was a consequence for example cursed in the city and in the field children will be cursed basket and kneading bowl will be cursed pestilence disease defeat by your enemies mental illness oppression robbed crops will not yield fruit slavery to your enemies etc and it's interesting because There are 14 verses in Deuteronomy 28 about blessings and 53 about curses. So again, God has a lot to say about disobedience and curses. So here's something to think about. We believe very much in the blessings from God, but the opposite is also true about curses. So it's out of balance to have just one, but not the other. However, I will mention later that God does not put curses on us in this dispensation, and that's very important to know. So here's what I want to convey through all of this curses are a real spiritual force that manifests itself in natural ways. Think back to the quote from Glenda Lomax's book So there's no lasting freedom from addictions like alcohol, drugs, etc., anger, violence, abuse, barrenness, poverty, and incarceration. I would also add to this list things like mental illness, divorce, sexual sins, accidents, patterns of death, and the list goes on and on. The sad thing is, however, that many people just simply accept that these things run in the family and they are right, but many fail to recognize that there is a curse in operation and that it can be broken. I'm reminded of Hosea 4 6a, which says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge and that's so very sad because there are so many people christians and churches who have just lived with the destructive forces of curses in their lives and they never get freedom from it now i want to discuss the topic of generational curses in reference to the second commandment god talks about generational curses in exodus 20 verse 5 which reads you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of them who hate me. This demonstrates the point that generational curses come down through the father's side of the family. Some think that generational curses can come down from the mother's side, but I can't prove that. However, in a roundabout way, I believe it is possible. For example, I heard someone once say that bipolar depression can come down through the mother's side of the family. My understanding is this happens due to damaged DNA, which occurs as a result of specific sins and also as a result of a curse. So this gets more into the healing side of things, which is beyond the scope of this podcast, but I found this interesting nonetheless. There's another verse in Numbers 14, verse 18, that has similar language. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but He will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. 1 Kings 21, 17-29 demonstrates a generational curse because of Ahab's part in the murder of Naboth. Jezebel and Ahab worked together to wrongfully take his vineyard. Jezebel conspired to have Naboth killed, and Ahab was guilty as well. Elijah was sent to declare the judgment on Ahab for his sins. Ahab tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, fasted, and walked meekly, according to Scripture. God stayed or delayed the judgment against him, but it landed on his son, as stated in 1 Kings twenty-one twenty-eight through 29 which reads, The word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, See how Ahab humbles himself before me? Because he humbles himself before me, I will not bring the disaster during his lifetime, but during his son's lifetime. I will bring the disaster on his household. Since Jesus hadn't come yet and died on the cross, there is no way to satisfy the sin and break the curse. Therefore, the curse had to be executed and landed on Ahab's son. So, so far we have discussed curses in the Old Testament, but let's talk about curses in the New Testament era. So let me just give you some examples, and I will just go through these one by one. And the first one is in Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14, and then skipping ahead to verses 20 through 21, which reads, On the next day, when they had returned from Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus. Seeing from afar a fig tree with leaves, he went to see if perhaps he might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing except leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Jesus said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And then skipping ahead to verse 20. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you've cursed has withered away. So this is an example of speaking a word curse, by the way. Another example is people cursing Christians. Luke 6, verse 28. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. The disciples of Jesus understood the concept of generational curses when they ask about a man born blind in John 9 verse 2. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And so this is just an example of a generational curse being spoken about in the New Testament. And I will talk more about that. I think it will be in the second half of this episode. Paul tells us not to curse others in Romans 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Also, you are under a curse if you try to live by the Old Testament law. Galatians 3, verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is anyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them in the new heaven and new earth there will no longer be any curses revelation 22 verse 3 there shall be no more curse the throne of god and of the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him okay so this concludes the first part of this topic on curses i will forego the summary for this part and do the summary at the end of the next episode which is the second half of the curses podcast Also, I will leave a link in the blog section for Glenda Lomax's book, Luke's from the Chains of Darkness, that you can buy on Amazon. Again, I highly suggest this book as it is very practical and will help you to understand better how to get free from a variety of curses. Also, her website is located at wingsofprophecy.blogspot.com. I will leave a link for that as well. If you have any questions or comments, you can post them. Uh, on the blog section at libertyfromcaptivity.com. Also, if you want to contact me directly, feel free to send me a message in the contact section or send an email to kelly at libertyfromcaptivity.com. Okay, have a great rest of the week and God bless you.
1: He's right there to guide you unseen, you're not alone. His light shines on the past. From our faults and fears Giving us the peace That we so desperately need Give me shelter